The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Swing and a high fly ball. Right field and deep. Geyer to the wall. Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. D-Man Toy with a two-run walk-off home run. The Rays winning ways here at Tropicana Field continue. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. For the lineup, he pitches. Adamas launches one way up into the air into left field. This one's got a chance. Turning Benintendi, Willie Adamas. With his first big league hit, it's a home run against Chris Sale. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Welcome to our latest show on deck today. Race All-Stars Austin Meadows, Charlie Morton, and Brandon Lau. A discussion with Dave and Andy, Wander Franco and Ronaldo Hernandez on the Futures game, and Carlos Rodriguez on the international signing period. Welcome back to This Week in Race Baseball. I'm Neil Solans. Charlie Morton is going to his second straight All-Star game and second overall. And with some time to reflect since last Sunday's announcement, I asked Charlie what the honor means. It means a lot to be voted in by your peers and to and to be recognized by your peers it takes a lot um it takes a lot of people to like as a starting pitcher to get a starting pitcher in a position where they can pitch well enough to go to the all-star game i mean we're talking the medical staff here the strength staff here analytics staff our pitching coaches guys catching bullpens Mish coming out here catching pens and Gene. You know, it takes good defense. It takes a good clubhouse chemistry and um, and just a good all-around team. So you still have to pitch well, don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of factors that go into, you know, performing well. So, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's really an honor and humbling to be you know, elected by your peers to go. What did you gain from the experience last year, and what are you most looking forward to about this year's experience? I mean, it's a it's a lot. Like it's a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of media attention. There's a lot of fans there. Just there's a lot of a lot of people and baseball fans in general, and that's kind of what makes it special. You know that there's just a you know a whole a whole group of baseball people from fans to players and media and um, that just kind of congregate in that in this one place so that's that's pretty cool to be a part of uh i i like i like the home run derby um i liked watching Bragg last year in there alex bregman because you know at the time we were teammates and we're still pals but i always think that's neat like ever since i was a little kid I wanted to watch the home run derby, and they're like, I wanted to know who won it or, or listen to it on the radio if I couldn't watch it. I mean, I, I guess it's it's weird. It's it's kind of interesting because you're you go in the clubhouse and you look around and you know everybody. Like you already know everybody that's in there. Like no, nobody needs to introduce themselves, even though generally you do as a formality, the etiquette. <laughs> but that's what that's what's pretty cool too. It's like you go in there and you're just it's just like the who's who of Major League Baseball. It's hard enough to get to the big leagues, right? And it's it's even harder to perform well and well enough to be, you know, in that in that group. So it's uh that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Will your whole family get to go 
to this one? And if Cam gets to go, what would it mean to be – how much more do you think he knows, understands as he gets older? Yeah, well, they're all going to go. Um, they went last year. Um, so we're, we're – um, last year, I don't know how they traditionally have – traditionally do it but the way they did it last year was they put furniture out on the on the third base line foul territory for the home run derby so they put like these like carpet out there and these couches luckily doug white who's now the the head pitching coach of the angels he was there and he was sitting with us um we are two oldest kids we have four kids we have our two oldest gracie and cam and for the first few minutes they were into it like they're watching the ball just fly out of the park and it's, it's neat, you know, but you can assume safely that they're going to lose interest quickly. And that's exactly what happened. Luckily, Doug was there and he, he entertained Gracie. Gracie was crawling all over him. And Cam was just, I don't even remember exactly what they were doing, but they were not paying attention. And pretty soon they started to kind of to wrestle. And they had this, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was like these mini bats kind of set up in a... I don't, I don't know. It was like a little display thing with these this mini bats. And it, it wasn't like something, you know, if something happened to it, it would be the worst thing ever. But they knocked that over. That thing's on the table. My kids were wrestling over here, you know, during the home run derby. And we had to leave. Like, I just I had to pick them up and get in the clubhouse. I can't remember what I did if I just texted or called my wife. And I was like, we got to get out of here. So, But I did. I was, I was able to watch Bregman do his thing. And then, shoot, by the time... Uh, Harper was, you know, by the end, we were back at the hotel by that time. And we got to watch the very end on the TV. A year older, maybe he understands a little more and, and just that much more appreciation. And also beyond that, going with Brandon, who I know can't play in it, but also him and Austin. Yeah, I was hoping that we could get some more guys to go. I mean, there's some some really deserving guys on the squad. And when I found out Brandon was going, I was really excited for him and happy for him. Very deserving. Just a great player, just great, great teammate, just good clubhouse guy, real professional, just quiet, goes about his business and does his job. As far as the, the kids go, we have we have a six-year-old, so that's Cam. And then we have Gracie, who's four. She'll be five in October. And then we have little Benji. Benji, Benji's more into sports than Cam and Gracie. Uh, like he'll he'll put on his baseball glove and run around the house with a ball and throw it and. He's, he's probably going to be our ball player, although Gracie kind of is into it a little bit. Um, Cam really isn't. He's he's more of a he'll go off and he'll read books or he'll do puzzles. He's not really sports-minded right now. So with that being said, I'm just going to assume that it will go somewhat how it went last year, but probably with Benji, our little, our little guy, being involved as well. So it might be more of a challenge. So... Yeah, hopefully there'll be there'll be somebody there that can keep those guys distracted a little bit. I only have two arms. At least you got two teammates there. So enjoy the experience, and hopefully it is a whole lot of fun and something you can take in and remember for a long time. Yeah, thank you. That's the goal. Um, yeah, we're excited to go and spend a couple of days up there, and then we'll head to uh, we'll head to Baltimore and try to get the you know the not the second half but post post All Star break those games underway and get a good good momentum going. And that's Charlie Morton who will go to the All-Star game with Brandon Lau and Austin Meadows. And for Meadows, it's his first trip and something he can't wait for. Just the fact that just being an All-Star, I mean, you know, having that star next to your name, it's um, 
something you dream of. I mean, for me, you dream of being in the big leagues, and then once you play in the big leagues, you have that other you know, aspirations, and being an all-star is one of them. Um, so being able to be that and kind of walk around with my head high knowing I'm an all-star, it's, uh, it's a cool honor. When you were a kid, were there certain players that you grew up wanting to be like? And if so, do you remember any all-star games as a kid that you watched? Yeah, that was kind of the thing, man, to always watch the All-Star game. As a kid, um, now, I mean, I've, I've watched it every year, I'm pretty sure, as a kid, until, up until now. Um, for me, I always grew up watching Chipper Jones, just being an Atlanta guy, and seeing him in All-Star games and just seeing all this stuff. We all, we always thought the All-Star game was the biggest deal. I mean, you see All-Stars. I mean, that's the best guys in the world, the best players in the world. Um, so it's uh, pretty surreal to be, be among one of those. <laughs> Was it the game or the home run derby that attracted your attention as a kid? And what will it be like? I'm sure that you'll get the opportunity to sit and watch the home run derby. And is there anyone in particular you're hoping to enjoy watching at that? Yeah. Um, former teammate Josh Bell, I'm excited to watch him. Um, he's had a heck of a year. The home run derby was always you know, the first thing. and That was the most exciting part, to see how far guys could hit, hit them. I remember one year Josh Hamilton hit like 30 home runs in one round at Yankee Stadium. So... That's the stuff that we enjoy doing is just seeing how far guys can hit the ball and how many they could hit. As someone, since you brought up Josh Bell, are you at all surprised at what he's doing now and how much have you talked to him since the trade? I am not surprised at all because Josh has always always been the best hitter. I mean, ever since going up through him in the Pirates system, 2013 and up, um, I've always known how good Josh is. The fact that he's put up 25 homers now and leading the league in RBIs and extra base hits, it's, I mean, it's not surprising to me. Josh is Josh, is Josh and he's, he's an amazing player, and he's an amazing, even amazing, uh, more amazing person. You've had a chance, I'm sure, to look at the rosters. Are there certain players whose brain you want to pick while you're there or at least have the opportunity to have conversation with that maybe you haven't had a chance to really get to know? Mike Trout, first on my, my list, just best baseball player in the world um, and being able to be in the same locker room as him it's going to be pretty surreal and pretty cool so I'm definitely going to get to know him and, and just kind of see what, the way he goes about his business I'm looking forward to it I'm also looking forward to meeting a lot more guys um, I mean there's a lot of amazing talent on the roster so it seems like everywhere I'm going to look there's going to be a guy that's been around or a guy with amazing talent so um, it's going to be fun is it an opportunity to ask questions as much as it is to just kind of listen and kind of hear what guys say and how they approach things? Yeah, um, for me, I'm not a guy that's going to, you know, talk a lot. I'll just kind of go in and take it all in. I'm going to try to enjoy every second of it, um, whether it's talking to the guys or the home run derby, the game or the fans or everything. So I'm going to try to take everything in. Um, but I'm definitely going to, um, if I get a chance to, I'll definitely try to talk to those guys. Who from your family is going? Because I know that's probably got to be the biggest part of it because it is a community that gets you to where you are. Yeah, um, so my wife's coming, my mom and dad and my grandma, um, and my wife's dad and his friend. So six six of them are going to be there, so um, we, so it's going to be a lot of fun. we got some surprises for them, so it'll be cool. Obviously, you don't want to tell me what kind of no. surprises, but <laughs> what are you most looking forward to for them? to get to be a part of this and how important is it that they are a part of this for you yeah um just just it's just part of the journey you know um for them i can't credit my parents enough for where i'm at now i mean they they I started they started me in baseball as a young kid and they've been with me every step of the way um so for the, just them being able to see their son 
not only in the Billies but in an all-star game. I'm sure it's going to be really surreal for them. And I can't, like I said, I can't credit them enough for where I'm at today. And the opportunity to go with Charlie, what will that mean to you? And how much has he meant to this locker room, even though you're a position player and he's a pitcher? Yeah, um, the opportunity to go with him and travel with him and his family. Um, Charlie's a great guy. He's a great teammate. Um, he, he's a great leader in the clubhouse. Um, so it, Char- Charlie's has amazing talent. Um, you know, ever since I knew him when I was over with Pittsburgh, when he was with Pittsburgh, and um, when he was with Astros now and now with us. So he's always had the talent. He's always been amazing. For him to be an all-star last year and this year just proves how good he is. So um, I'm excited to travel with him and you know get to know his family a bit, and we're going to spend some time together. It's going to be fun. And how much is this also, I know it's hectic, but also allowed you to relax, um, knowing that this process is now behind you? <laughs> it's been a stressful process. Uh, it's been distracting, and it's... Um, just not knowing, you know, obviously like with the voting this year and the voting was a little bit different and not a lot of people knew what was going on. And so for it to be all over with and know that I'm an all-star, um, it kind of helps me relax and kind of helps me get focused back on baseball and, and, and my team and, and trying to help my team win. And that's the ultimate goal. And I know that the all-star game is a plus. So um, for me to go out there and just relax now, it's uh, it's big. That is Austin Meadows. We've heard from him and Charlie Morton. Brandon Lau will join us a little bit later in the show. Coming up, Dave, Andy, and more as we get set for uh, the Rays going to the All-Star break. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back. This is This Week in Rays Baseball. Neil Solon's with you. Time to take a look at the past week and also look forward to the final two and a half months of the season. We've got Dave and Andy joining us now, and thanks very much, guys. Uh, how how big is the last game for you guys before this break, and how big was yesterday in context? Well, my car's backed into the parking spot, so I'm hoping it only takes about two and a half hours so I can begin the break a lot sooner rather than later. But, uh, no, you know, you know it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, Neil, we, we it's been a really, really tough uh, last uh, four weeks or so for this team, maybe even five weeks, and we've talked about playing 47 games in 48 days. And I know that, you know, even Stu Sternberg said before it started, you know, if we're not too bloody to, you know, keep this team within striking distance of a playoff spot, well, that's exactly what this team did. And I just got done talking to Kevin Cash about it for the pregame show. And the old saying is, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully this team uh, can go into the break with a win today and feel good about what was, a again, a, a good first half. As Andy said, not a first-place first half, but a good first half. And if you would have talked to us in the month of March and said, hey, at the end of uh, July or into the break, if the Rays uh, you know, would have a spot in the wild card, I, I don't think anybody would have been really uh, surprised by that because we knew that there were probably three elite teams and the Yankees, Astros, and I think we were calling the Red Sox elite back in the spring, and we thought that the Rays would be the best of the rest and be a team that would battle for a playoff spot. A couple of things going on for me. The, the 47 games in 48 days, uh, we knew that it would be a, a shredder, so to speak, but the Rays are plus 500 during that time. It doesn't feel like it, but they're 24 mm-hmm. and 22. Uh, so let, let's keep that perspective. And also, Don Zimmer's words are ringing in my ears as we approach the All-Star break. Remember the 08 team, which had, what, about 57 wins at this point in time? Think of that. They had about the same record as the Yankees do at this point. And uh, the Rays had lost, what, a week's worth of games going into the All-Star break. And he said, you got to keep your head. And remember, no one thought we'd be here. We're in great position. And it's just starting It's just starting now. And that's really what it is. It's, it's going to be an interesting second half in terms of the schedule. You'd like to think it lightens up a little bit. But, but before anything else, I'd like to see the Rays, after the break, 
get on a nice winning skid. That's the thing that I remember about 08, and we always compare it to 08 around here, right? Is that right after the break, the team looked refreshed, and I think there's a lot of guys on this team right now that could use the break. And, and got, and, and, but they started making their own breaks. And, you know, I remember that very first game against Roy Halladay and the Blue Jays. Some things went our way that particular day, and it got us off to a good start. So, you know, this team has to start making some of their own breaks, and hopefully, like Andy said, it, it helped uh, yesterday with Travis Darno walking off, and maybe, you know, again, Charlie can give us a good start today to put us into a good mood for the next few days. How important was that home run in your mind for both of you, what Travis did last yesterday in the ninth, especially after the way things went in the top with the, with the two-out home run by Aaron Hicks? Well, the Rays finally had a moment against the Yankees. I mean, it has just been like the Rays have, had, have just been part of the Yankees' story this year. I mean, that, that is no fun to be in that position when you're just playing the role of Washington General to the Harlem Globetrotter. I mean, that's what it looked like for the first couple of months. And finally, the Rays got up and punched him a couple of times. Nate Lowe, uh, with the punch back to the face of C.C. Sabathia, you know, figuratively, not literally, thankfully. And, and then after Hicks uh, laid a haymaker on the Rays, uh, there was Travis Darneau with two out, nobody on, and it looked like we were destined for extra innings. And we know against the Yankees it's hard to beat them in extras, let alone in regulation. And he provided the, the knockout punch when it was perhaps least expected. So I think it was important to this team with regard to at least now knowing that they can beat this New York Yankees team. They did have one other extra inning win against them in New York, but I think that series right after the break, uh, Neil, after the Rays should be fresh after the break, the four-game series in Baltimore. It's our last chance against the Yankees until September. That perhaps could be a very interesting, difficult, but not, uh, but, but not certainly not an impossible stretch. Yeah, you got to be careful. I, I think that there was probably a lot of people walking around and thinking, here we go again, uh, after uh, taking the lead, going into the ninth, down to their final strike. And then watching Aaron Hicks take one deep, and the Yankees uh, start to develop that belief that, all right, we're going to beat the Rays again late. So uh, it didn't have a chance to manifest itself with the fact that uh, Travis was able to hit the home run right away in the bottom of the ninth inning and end the ball game. And, uh, you know, that was the other thing just got done talking to Kevin about. You know, th- this team has to start believing within itself. And I think there are a couple of guys that do that. I think there are a few other guys on a very, very young team that are still kind of thinking, uh, you know, are we good enough? Are we a good team? And, and and I think that when you go back to that 08 team, that's when we talk about how Cliff Floyd and Eric Hinsky and Troy Percival and Trevor Miller, Dan Wheeler and the like were all there to kind of help guide some of the young players. Maybe that's what Eric Neander has to look at uh, coming forward or going forward is maybe finding a couple more been there, done that kind of guys to uh, come out and help uh, guide these young players. I mean, you think about the last couple of days, who's really been a big part of the offense against two pitchers that have tied us up uh, a lot over the uh, entire first half. And it wasn't guys who have been here. It's been guys mm-hmm. Mike Brasso and uh, Nate Lowe who are at Triple A Durham. That's why I joked a couple of times now that maybe the next time we face CC Sabathia or uh, Masahiro Tanaka, maybe we should just bring the Durham Bulls up here for that particular mm-hmm. game and uh, and get it done. So we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see how it all plays out here. But you know, again, uh, there, a lot of things went right for this team, especially early on. But a lot of teams have not. A lot of things have not gone right for this team over the last couple of months, and they're still right in the thick of the playoff hunt and the number one wild card. Team. Neil, I, I think of something that I listened to your post game show yesterday, as we always do. And Aaron Boone said about his Yankee team that when it's winning time, they know what to do. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a really, really interesting and telling comment about the, the confidence of that Yankee group, when it's time to make the play, to make the pitch, to get the hit, to make the defensive stop, that's what they're at their best doing. This Rays team needs to do that, and they showed it yesterday. 
And and hopefully, I mean, the Yankees have a few more guys who've been there, done that. I think that certainly helps in their regard for the Rays. I mean, the win yesterday was nice, but to get a split and to finally get a winning homestand, which the Rays haven't done in a long time, that's what's on the line today. That would be pretty big with Charlie Morton hopefully leading the way. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, you know, if if you, you don't come back and you don't win today or you get beat up, you know, it erases all the positive uh, mojo that you put together after yesterday's win. So, you know, we, we kind of carried this over when we first started this homestand. After the big extra inning win in Minnesota, we thought, all right, that might be the jumping off point for this team to have a nice run to close out the first half. And then we laid a big dud in the very, very first game against the Texas Rangers when we uh, got back home. So momentum's only as good as your next day starter. We've got a very, very good starter on the mound today in Charlie Morton, and I hope that, uh, you know, again, he's not going to be able to pitch in the All-Star game uh, on Tuesday, but uh, he's pitching against a, a group of almost All-Stars, a lot of All-Stars on this mm-hmm. particular team for the Yankees. And, you know, as we've always said, too, and uh, you perform well against the Yankees, uh, everybody else in Major League Baseball has a tendency to take notice. So hopefully, you know, Charlie can do just that because there's a lot of people that are following, uh, you know, again, Major League Baseball that wouldn't be surprised if these two teams were to meet somewhere down the line, not only in uh, July like we will and later in September, but also definitely in October. What, uh, since Mark Topkin wrote about it today in the Times, for you guys, is Charlie Morton the team MVP? And if not, who is? Yeah, when Topper asked uh, us our opinion, I thought Morton is because uh, he's really played the role of last year's Blake Snell. When he takes to the mound, you pretty much feel like you're going to win that game. Uh, And whatever you need in that moment, he seems to be able to find. If you need the ground ball in that moment, he gets it. If you need the strikeout in that moment, he gets it. And I love his mound demeanor. I mean, to have a veteran pitcher that has been through so much in his career, injury-wise, down moments, positive moments, uh, heroic moments, World Series finishing – this is a guy that has uh, such an, an oozing of confidence out there on the mound. And he's, you know, Stu Sternberg was here in the booth in the second game of the year when he was pitching against the Astros, and Stu said, he's just a beautiful pitcher to watch. And that's, I keep thinking that also ever since then. You watch him, if you're into pitching and you're into how to set up hitters and when to outguess them and think you're going curveball when they're going fastball and vice versa, he just seems to know how to stay ahead of the hitters. And that can only come from experience and uh, I just love watching him pitch. And, look, who knows what's going to happen. The Yankees got to him in New York. They're a good team. He's got to be on his game. But you, you, I think this team is uplifted a little bit when Charlie Morton takes them out. Yeah, I think, I think if you would have asked me the voting after the end of the month of May, I think I probably would have said Austin Meadows. But uh, I, I think right now there's no doubt that Charlie is my MVP simply because of all the things that he has done when he is on the mound. And then think about all the things that are happening around him as far as our rotation. It's been in flux ever since the day Tyler Glass now walked off the mound against these New York Yankees back in uh, early May. And so, you know, he's been a guy that we've been able to count on. There's been days where, you know, again, we, we have technically only one other full-time starter, and Blake Snell was pitching an inning, two innings, three innings, and he was scuffling. And so in a, in a rotation of what you needed, five starters, and you only had two, and on some, day, some weeks you only had one and a half, uh, for him to be able to go out and do what he did, and especially of late, when you just look at his numbers from about uh, the end of May on, where in every single start since then, he's either worked into the sixth or seventh inning. And uh, that's huge when you've got games coming up where you're going to be using two and three openers. So he, he's been spectacular. He, he, he's been as advertised, or quite honestly, I think he's even been better than advertised. I think he's been better than advertised. And if the, who knows what the second half is going to bring. You know, I can, I can envision a situation where Blake Snell really takes off again like he did in the second half last year. But if you get down to a one-game wild card or a game 163 or a game that uh, could get you into postseason, as of right now, it's Charlie Morton.
Well said. And certainly he's been a veteran that has been leading the way, and you guys have touched on maybe the need for another veteran or two. Um, it's nice to see Joey Wendell starting to round into form. How much would Matt Duffy mean if he's back in, let's say, a week or so to this group, too? I, I think sometimes his veteran presence with the younger players has been missed more than we've probably even talked about. Well, he's one of my favorite players. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, again, uh, he's, he's the biggest thing we've been hearing here from the beginning of the year is that I think last year I think this group was too young to know any better when they went into, you know, again, Yankee Stadium. And we still struggle there big time. But when, especially when you play the race here, they were too young to know maybe the moment. And I'm not sure it was as vibrant as it was a year ago at this time when these two teams uh, got together. But this year from the get-go, I think some of our players who are now a year older have become a year jumpier. And uh, I think that you know having a calming influence like a, a Matt Duffy to kind of just go out there and be, you know, the term is businesslike. I know that uh, maybe it's overused, but just to go out there and, and, and not get caught up in the moment. I think that's one of the some of the verbiage we've been hearing here over the last uh, uh, week or so is that I think a lot of our guys – have been getting kind of caught up in the moment, which means that you speed up your your thinking, your thoughts. And uh, I, I like the idea of Matt Duffy does not do that. Matt Duffy just goes out there and tries to do what he's capable of doing. And I think he'd, he'd upgrade our defense at third base, and I think he would upgrade our offense being a guy that can put the ball uh, the bat to the ball as consistently as he does and, and, and do it in a different way. Right now we've got a lot of guys who are, uh, I don't want to say all or nothing, but really go up there and swing the same way all the time against all the pitches. Matt's a guy that does make the necessary adjustments, and I'm, I think we'll become a much, much better team if he can get us uh, get back on the field here sooner rather than later. I've been thinking about it too, Neil, and I'm curious if, you know, you're always asking us, what do you think? When he comes back, and again, it's still an if, and we don't know exactly when, Trying to figure where he fits in this lineup. I mean, I liked him a lot in the number two spot last year, but Fan has proven to be pretty good in that spot. Do you put Fan behind him and hit Fan third? I'm not quite sure. What do you think? Where could Duffy fit in the lineup? I'm not sure where he fits in the lineup, but I'll tell you this. I mean, talking to Willie Adamas, talking to Daniel Robertson before he got hurt, I, I think he calmed a lot of the guys down. Um, and, and I think that they ignored how big the moment was because they had a guy like Matt Duffy kind of putting things in perspective for them. And I think that's what well, I, Absolutely. I think that's true. And I think like what Dave was saying, too, he puts the bat on the ball. When I picture Matt Duffy from 2018, I think of line drive, base hit, center field. I mean, it's, I know he wants to have some more power, and of course you'd never turn that down. But, but I think when you needed a line drive, when you needed a ball hit to the right side, when you needed a key single, you know, not necessarily even a, an extra base hit, although you, of course, love that, I just think of him hitting the ball where it was pitched. And uh, I think this team could really use that. It would add to more base runners. You would get more guys uh, on base when the power guys come up. And you picture this team getting healthy. Duffy right in there. Uh, that can only help this team. No question. And uh, hopefully it's sooner than later. And hopefully it's uh, a good day today and an enjoyable break for you guys. And uh, enjoy the call today. And we'll obviously have you on soon. Enjoy Same the break, Neil. Thank you very much. You know, it was earlier on the program that we heard from Austin Meadows and Charlie Morton. Brandon Lau was the last player added to the All-Star game from the Rays. Now, he won't play in the contest, but Lau said just being added to the roster is incredible. To be uh, recognized with some of the best in the game that are, you know, out there right now and to be able to go represent the club and, you know, it's it's going to be an incredible, uh, a wonderful experience and I'm uh, more than excited to get out there and see everything. Have you thought in context about how fast things have come within a year for you uh right now it's all kind of 
it, it all happens so fast, especially with the season and, you know, playing every day that I'm not really too focused on, you know, what's happened so far. I'm sure in the off season when we sit down and reflect on, you know, what the year's brought, it'll, it'll be kind of crazy to look back. But right now I'm just focused on tomorrow. In terms of what you've accomplished, what are you proudest of to this point in terms of the way you've played? Uh, it's tough. Um, I think being able to be in a position to give back to the community is one of my favorite parts that I've uh, come into this year. Uh, you know, the contract and everything's nice, but in, uh, being able to help those in need, it's uh, it's uh, special and something that me and my wife really enjoy doing. Which obviously is tied to the whole the crisis center decision with your home runs? Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a few other things that we're going to get uh, going here uh, before the year ends, and you know we're excited for everything to take place. How about the play on the field? What have you been proudest of in terms of what you've done, whether it's defense, offense, base running? Which part of your game? Uh, defense, probably. Uh, you know, it's it's everyone's always said you know the below average glove or the glove won't play, and you know I've really uh, worked real hard over the past couple off seasons to you know bring that up to par, and you know I think that's going pretty well so far. The other day, Kevin actually brought up Dustin Pedroia when talking about your impact or maybe the way you've been. How flattering is that to hear something like that? I mean, the guy's a MVP, so anytime you get mentioned with someone like that, it's it's a, it's a pretty special compliment. And uh, you know, he's been one of the the people I've honestly tried to you know look mock. Not wouldn't say model my game after, but you know, he's not the largest human being. So uh, you know, I love that the intensity he plays the game and you know how he's always trying to give his best and i'm sure madison will be going with you up to cleveland any of your other family members for sure will be able to go my mom and dad will actually meet us up there so that i'm really excited for them to you know be a part of the whole experience and you know we're i called them today and kind of told them everything that they'd have to do and my mom and dad are just like i I can't believe that Two years ago, we were watching this stuff at t- on TV, thinking how cool it would be to just go and see it in person. And now, you know, to go and support support you, it's you know, it's it's hard to put into words. And I'm more than excited to be able to bring them out there and share this you know moment with them. Is that for you the thing you're most looking forward to in terms of the experience? I I've heard it's a blast. It's it's hard to say one thing I'm looking forward to before I get there. You know, this will be something that, you know, I'm going to take it all in, do as much as I can and, you know, experience everything that I can. But, you know, bring my parents out there for them to, you know, see it all and experience it for the first time with us. It's going to be pretty special. Being that you're someone who obviously pays attention to the game and the players and the history, I know you want to meet Mike Trout. But beyond that, are there other guys whose brain you'd love to pick or talk to while you're there? God, uh... You got a lineup card or a roster because, honestly, pretty much everybody that's that's out there, you know, there's a few guys, a few rookies, that, and that'll be there. But, you know, it's more the established people in the game, you know, Mookie Betts, you know, people that have, you know, done stuff for quite a while. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a great learning experience. And when you're around other players, are you one who just listens, or are you one who actually will ask a lot of questions? Because you're quiet with us, obviously. Uh, it's a in-the-moment type thing, I feel like. You know, when I, when I get there, I'm sure either one or two things are going to happen. You know, I'll either live up to my word and actually ask, or I'll just sit in the corner and not say anything.
That is Brandon Lau, and we certainly hope that he chooses the former, and we congratulate him on his play before the All-Star break. Hey, log in, get your Twitter fingers ready for Rays Social Media Night, trending Saturday, July 20th, when the Rays host the White Sox. This Social Media Night package includes a special hashtag t-shirt, 200-level seat, player meet and greet, and more. For more information, go to racebaseball.com slash socialmedianight. You are listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Coming up, Wander Franco and Ronaldo Hernandez on tonight's Futures game in Cleveland, and Carlos Rodriguez on the international signing period. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Rays Baseball. I'm Neil Solans. Tonight is the Futures game in Cleveland, and the Rays have the top prospect in the game with Lenore Sutton of the Rays translating. I asked Wander Franco what the honor meant to him. Significa muchas cosas para mí porque el primer juego, the Futures game, y eso es una, una emoción para mí. Um, it means a lot because this is my first Futures game, and that's exciting for me. What part of the experience excites you the most? ¿Qué hay de esta experiencia que más te excita? Porque, tú sabes, porque muchas, muchas personas quisieran estar ahí, pero eso me, me excita mucho porque eso es como un día, un día muy importante para mí. Um, he said it's very, it's very exciting, um, and it's an important day for him because there's going to be a lot of people there. Um, so that's really uh, an important day for him. Have you ever played in a major league stadium? ¿Alguna vez has jugado en un estadio de grandes ligas? ¿Emocionado? Uh, no. no. ¿Emocionado? Sí, sí, claro, emocionado, pero nunca never played in the stadium. And obviously very excited about it. What does it mean to be the number one prospect. ¿Qué significa ser el prospecto número uno? Uf. <laughs> that important, you know, but because the other people here, you know, look at me, how how my practice, my, my, mi, ¿cómo te digo? Mi comportamiento, my attitude, my team, you know, my practice, my, my work, everything. I read the story about you on ESPN.com. Do you uh, like the nickname El Patron? Lee la historia on ESPN.com. ¿Te gusta el apodo El Patron? Yes, because the other the other thing, he said me, you are a patron. I don't know why, but... Who? Who gave it to you? Tony Peña, Ronaldo. <laughs> See, all the time, he said me, patron, wait. I read what you did, too, for Osme. Uh, it's a very good thing. Why did you do it? Le lo que hiciste por Osme y su familia fue algo muy bueno. ¿Por qué lo hiciste? Because I try, you know, yo, yo trato de, de ayudarlo, ¿entiendes? Para que se sienta más cómodo y juegue su pelota no, sin preocupaciones. Yo, yo lo ayudé bastante. I try to help him so that he doesn't have to worry and he can focus on playing the game, um, and I'm happy to help him. Can you uh, expand on what happened? Because our fans may not know. Él quiere decir, él quiere saber qué pasó porque piensa que muchos fanáticos no saben lo que pasó. No, no, que lo que pasó que su familia, su familia estaba un problema ahí con dinero y yo se lo resolví, no había problema. Um, his family was struggling a little bit with money, and he was there, and he was able to help resolve that problem for them. Dieciocho años. <laughs> Muy impresivo. You became very close, too, with your teammates in Bowling Green. How are you enjoying your new teammates? Te volviste muy cercano con tus compañeros de equipo en Bowling Green. 
cómo está disfrutando de tus nuevos uh, compañeros de equipo en Port Charlotte. I am happy because for my family, for my team game, you know, I'm fine, you know, because I play hard with him, with, you know, Gomez, um, McClanahan, pitcher left-hander, good person. Uh, you know, I try, we try win every day. Are you excited to go to this game with Ronaldo? Está emocionado de ir a este juego con Ronaldo? Yes, yes. Okay. Because, but it is important for me, you know, very important. Amigo bueno? <laughs> my friend. <laughs> You're obviously a special player. You you never strike out. How How is this possible? Nunca te ponches. ¿Cómo es posible? Bueno, yo, yo, yo lo que trato de mirar la bola y... Es una bendición que Dios nos da, que, que es como cuando algo está para ti, nadie te lo quita. Um, he says it's a blessing. You know, he tries to, to just keep his eye on the ball. And um, when something, when you are made to do something, no one can take it from you. How do you want to improve the rest of the season? ¿Cómo quieres mejorar el resto de la temporada? Bueno, seguir trabajando duro todos los días y, y tratar de mejorar todos los días también. Keep working hard every day and keep improving every day as well. Championship important? Un campeón es importante para, para ti? Yes. <laughs> sí. Champion this year, my fair. When did you want to be a big leaguer? ¿Cuándo uh, querías ser un jugador de grandes ligas? ¿Cómo años? Um, I want to play in the Tropicana Fair next year. Yeah. How, how old when you were a child did you think about being a big leaguer? Uh, ¿Cuántos años tenía cuando pensaba ser un, un jugador de la Grandes Ligas? Bueno, yo tenía 13, 14, más bajito. No, porque ahí yo, ahí yo pensé ya que... Primero la meta era, tú sabes, lograr el sueño de firmar lo primero. O sea, y después de ahí para allá uno se llega solo a Grandes Ligas. So he's saying that um, when he was 13 years old, um, maybe 12 years old, Um, he was thinking about playing in the big leagues. First, he was focusing on um, signing a contract, and then from there, moving up um, into the big leagues, but focusing on that contract at 13. You are a, a person, tú eres una persona, and you have a son now. How difficult is it to be without him, and how does he inspire you? Tienes un hijo pequeño, y es difícil estar sin él. ¿Cómo te inspira? Bueno, me inspira que... Que en un futuro yo, yo quiero que él sea igual que yo, que yo sea un ejemplo para él y, y yo trato de luchar por él todos los días. So, um, he says that he's, he's an example for his um, son and he hopes that yeah, he can model what he wants for his son and that his son will be like him when he grows up and he wants to, he wants his son to see that and, and uh, be him. ¿Cómo? 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 ¿Cómo es que quiere que él sea como ti? Oh, que, que rompa toda la liga, que en, en, en toda la liga demuestre que, que su familia siempre ha sido, son de buenos peloteros y que, que se comporte con la actitud y disciplina. Um, that he breaks records, but that he, uh, also that he knows he comes from a baseball family, um, and that he keeps uh, moving forward and stays with baseball. Felicitaciones, muchas gracias, y disfrutar este uh, juego. Thank you. 
And that is Wander Franco, the game's top prospect, just 18 years of age. And joining him in Cleveland is Ronaldo Hernandez, his Stonecrab's teammate. Ronaldo is very excited to go to this year's event. Uh, for me, I feel like inspired because it's my first time to play in this game. I do that for my family and represent to Tampa Bay Rays. What part of this game and the experience excites you the most? ¿Qué hay de esta experiencia que más te excita? My family, see my family coming to the, to the game. I feel like more, com- more comfortable in the, in the game. Have you ever played in a major league stadium, stadium before? ¿Alguna vez has jugado en, en un estadio de grandes ligas? ¿Emocionado? Yeah, I, I went in Tropicana Field, in Intrusional. We play with this guy in the Intrusional League. Play for two years here, and two years two year to go in Tropicana Field. Yeah, I feel like excited because it's a good, good stadium. I'm, I'm, I enjoy it every day. Uh, I enjoy this day when I play here and there in this stadium. Cleveland will be different, though. Uh, muchos fanáticos. In you excited about that? Yeah, I feel excited. Just I need to be relaxed, and that's it. Are you? How excited are you to go with Wander? Uh, Estás emocionado de ir a este juego con Wander? Yeah, because <laughs> he's my 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 teammate. You know, he played with me here in, in Stonecrab. I can we can help. To when he beat in the in the stadium, I, something happened there. You have a a new manager this year. Um, how has he helped you? Tienes un nuevo manager. Como te está ayudando? Working every day. He talk, he talked with me every day about the game. That's helped me every day because I need to learn to be in big league. You know. And, and he is a catcher too. El un receptor, see. Yeah, I think he played for five, ten years in Billy. Well, he helped me, helped me every day about that. How do you want to improve the rest of the season? Como quieres mejorar el resto de la temporada? Keep be working every day, and that's it. Keep working hard. Uh, go go to the field to give to best to me every day. Um, that's it. Defense, offense, uh, como? I wanna I wanna better better my defense. I want to improve my defense every day because if you, if if you, I play them believe I need to to do uh, everything in the, in the game. And that is Ronaldo Hernandez. We wish he and Wander Franco the best in tonight's Futures game. We also thank Lenore Sutton of the Rays for translating and being involved in that uh, interview setup. Now, both the players I just spoke about and you heard from were international signs by the Rays. And this week was the start of the signing period for 2019 and 20. And I spoke with Carlos Rodriguez, who heads up international scouting for Tampa Bay, about the type of class that they signed. I think it was a... A pretty deep class. We added a lot of talent. Um, I think so far uh, we've signed 17 players and a lot of uh, it's a lot of talent. A lot of premium position guys, some switch hitters, some guys with some speed, some guys with some defense, some guys with some power, a projectable power arm. So I think it was a very diversified group of players, um, a lot of talent, and just players. Um, who we feel we can develop into uh, potential major leaguers. You obviously have now the top prospect in the game who came from one of your international classes, Wander Franco, but I think it's also important to mention that 
along with signing the big bonus guys, you guys have had success with maybe some less heralded players that have turned out to be major prospects like Vidal Brujan and currently in the majors, Yanni Chirinos and Diego Castillo. Yeah, I mean, obviously players like Franco are few and far between and any opportunity to acquire those types of players, um, we feel, you know, these are the types of players that we should be uh, prioritizing. But um, in this market, there's just so much variance, and, and I think we're very cognizant of that, 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 you know, necessarily the top guy at, you know, age 16 doesn't necessarily translate into the top guy in, you know, 23, 24, 25, and when we project these guys into the majors. And so we really have to look beyond that and and really try to acquire as many uh, good players as possible. You've seen, or as you mentioned, Bruhan. Adio Castillo, Alvarado, uh, etc. Those players, like they came from the, those lower bonus uh, ranges, and I think that is a testament to a lot of the area scouts, their their ability to go out there and compete and hunt for players on a daily basis. And a lot of times, because of the variance, a lot of the times, then you know those players end up outpacing you know some of their counterparts that sign for significantly more money. And you signed, um, for instance, the year you signed Wander, you still had enough room to be able to sign a lot of players. Sometimes you have to run the risk of how many players can we still sign if we we use a certain amount of the bonus pool on one guy, and that may limit the number of talented players you can bring in overall. Yeah, that that is very true. I mean, essentially we're given a, a budget, a pool, amount of uh, pool space, and our our challenge in, in our uh, our job is to to do the most we can with the monies that we have available to us We've been we've been very fortunate that um, ownership and our front office leadership has been very really very helpful and um, given us all the resources that we that we need to go out there and do our jobs and they give us the the latitude and the freedom to try to dictate how to best do that with a lot of collaboration uh, with a lot of people uh, that's how we come to make those decisions but essentially yeah that's the challenge is obviously a limited amount of money and trying to do the most we can with that. Let's look at the top of the class, at least in terms of the investments. And on the uh, in the Dominican Republic, the two players that would stand out would be Jose Pena, an outfielder, and also Wilmer De La Cruz, a shortstop. What did you like about each of those kids? They're both very they're good players. Uh, Pena is a very athletic center fielder, six foot two, about one hundred and eighty pounds uh, plus runner. We really like his just his raw baseball. Uh, tools um, and uh, so far his ability to 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 use those tools. I mean, looking at a premium position guy that's going to develop some power over time that can you know really go out and, and get the ball in the outfield. Those those are the types of players that we you know we're trying to to capture. And then with Dela Cruz, he's a switch hitting uh, middle infielder with uh, a really good bat potential uh, from both sides of the plate. We got a chance to watch him uh, a lot over time, and he's a, a gamer with a chance to to really hit. And you're still obviously signing players in Venezuela, which I know is becoming increasingly more difficult. In fact, you signed a half dozen, including, uh, I guess, in terms of bonus money, a catcher and a pitcher were the ones that you guys invested the most in. Yeah. So, again, we we go out every year, and, and it's not like we're going to sign certain positions or we're only going to do this. It just kind of materializes the way that we're trying to, to do the most we can. Um, and, and in this case, in Venezuela, um, we uh, we signed a, a right-handed pitcher, a big right-handed pitcher named Angel Guayquirian. I know it's a, a tricky last name, but uh, I mean, just a, a nice upside, a really good frame. Already, you know, touches average fastball with a really good feel to, to spin uh, to spin the ball. Um, so we see a, a potential for really good breaking ball there. 
and um, just really good uh, starting components um, for us to go out there and, and develop. And uh, the catcher, Roy Lims Rangel, is uh, he's just a, a gamer, um, a really high-energy catcher with some bat potential, line drive bat, uh, right-handed hitter, um, and a guy, again, that, that really, you know, our scouts fell in love with just the way he played and his ability to, to translate his tools into, into the game. And that is Carlos Rodriguez, head of international scouting for the Rays. We're going to hear more from him on our program next week. I want to thank him and all the guests on today's program, including All-Stars Charlie Morton, Brandon Lau, and Austin Meadows. We, have, we hope they have a terrific time in Cleveland. We also thank Dave and Andy for joining us to chat about the week gone by and looking forward with us. And we're also excited about Futures Game participants tonight, Wander Franco and Ronaldo Hernandez, and thank them for being on the show as well. Hey, join the race over at Crown Eurocars this Tuesday and Wednesday and pick up your free, that's right, free Rays car flag. Each day from 11 to 7, the Rays and DJ Kitty will be handing out free car flags. Get to crown your cars early on U.S. Highway 19 North as there will be free hot dogs and beverages until 3 o'clock and raise up. If you ever have something you want to hear on the program, all you have to do is tweet me, at Neil Solons. Next week, we'll have an All-Star Game wrap-up, and we'll chat, too, with Tyler Glass now from my producer, Derek DuBose. Neil Solons saying thanks very much for joining us. This is This Week in Rays Baseball. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network.